Section 53 of Prison Memoirs of an Anarchist. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Prison Memoirs of an Anarchist by Alexander Berkman. Part 2, Chapter 46. A Child's Heart Hunger with deep gratification i observed the unfoldment of harry's mind my friendship has wakened in him hope and interest in life merely to please me he smilingly reiterated he would apply himself to reading the mapped out course but as time passed he became absorbed in the studies developing a thirst for knowledge that is transforming his primitive intelligence into a mentality of great power and character Often I marvel at the peculiar strength and aspirations springing from the depths of a prison friendship. I do not believe in friendship, Alec, Harry says, as we ply our brooms in the day's work. But now I feel that I wouldn't be here if I had had then a real friend. It wasn't only that we suffer together, but you have made me feel that our minds can rise above these rules and bars you know the screws have warned me against you and i was afraid of you i didn't know how to put it alec but the first time we had that long talk last year i felt as if something walked right over from you to me and since then i have had something to live for you know i have seen so much of the priests i have no use for the church and i don't believe in immortality but the idea i got from you clung to me and it was so persistent i really think there is such a thing as immortality of an idea for an instant the old look of helpless wonder is in his face as if he is at a loss to master the thought he pauses in his work his eyes fastened on mine i got it alec he says an eager smile lighting up his pallid features you remember the story you told me about them fellers oh he quickly corrects himself when i get excited i drop into my former bad english well you know the story you told me of the prisoners in siberia how they escape sometimes and the peasants though forbidden to house them put food outside of their huts so that an escaped man may not starve to death you remember alec yes harry i'm glad you haven't forgotten it forgotten why alec a few weeks ago sitting at my door i saw a sparrow hopping about in the hall it looked cold and hungry i threw a piece of bread to it but the warden came by and made me pick it up and drive the bird away somehow i thought of the peasants in siberia and how they share their food with escaped men why should the bird starve so long as i have bread now every night i place a few pieces near the door and in the morning just when it begins to dawn and everyone is asleep the bird steals up and gets her breakfast it's the immortality of an idea alec part two the inclement weather has laid a heavy hand upon harry the foul hot air of the cell house is aggravating his complaint and now the physician has pronounced him in an advanced stage of consumption the disease is ravaging the population hygienic rules are ignored 
and no precautions are taken against contagion harry's health is fast failing he walks with an evident effort but bravely straightens as he meets my gaze i feel quite strong alec he says i don't believe it's the con it's just a bad cold he clings tenaciously to this slender hope but now and then the cunning of suspicion tests my faith pretending to wash his hands he asks can i use your towel alec sure you're not afraid my apparent confidence seems to allay his fears and he visibly rallies with renewed hope i strive to lighten his work on the range and his friend cause who attends the officers table shares with the sick boy the scraps of fruit and cake left after their meals the kind-hearted italian serving a sentence of twenty years spends his leisure weaving hair chains in the dim light of the cell and invests the proceeds in warm underwear for his consumptive friend i don't need it myself i'm too hot-blooded anyhow he lightly waves aside harry's objections he shudders as the hollow cough shakes the feeble frame and anxiously hovers over the boy mothering him with unobtrusive tenderness at the first sign of spring cos conspires with me to procure for harry the privilege of the yard the consumptives are deprived of air immured in the shop or block and in the evening locked in the cells in view of my long service and the shortness of my remaining time the inspectors have promised me fifteen minutes exercise in the yard i have not touched the soil since the discovery of the tunnel in july nineteen hundred almost four years ago but harry is in greater need of fresh air and perhaps we shall be able to procure the privilege for him instead his health would improve and in the meantime we will bring his case before the pardon board it was an outrage to send him to the penitentiary cos asserts vehemently harry was barely fourteen then a mere child think of a judge who will give such a kid sixteen years why it means death but what can you expect remember the little boy who was sent here it was somewhere around ninety-seven he was just twelve years old and he didn't look more than ten they brought him here in knickerbockers and the fellows had to bend over double to keep in lockstep with him he looked just like a baby in the line the first pair of long pants he ever put on was stripes and he was so frightened he'd stand at the door and cry all the time well they got ashamed of themselves after a while and sent him away to some reformatory but he spent about six months here then oh what's the use talking cos concludes hopelessly it's a rotten world all right but maybe we can get harry a pardon honest alec i feel as if he's my own child we've been friends since the day he came in and he's a good boy only he never had a chance make a list alec i'll ask the chaplain how much i've got in the office i think it's twenty-two or maybe twenty-three dollars it's all for harry the spring warms into summer before the diamond quarter donations total the amount required by the attorney to carry harry's case to the pardon board but the sick boy is missing from the range 
for weeks his dry hacking cough resounded in the night keeping the men awake till at last the doctor ordered him transferred to the hospital his place on the range has been taken by big swede a tall sallow-faced man who shuffles along the hall moaning in pain the passing guards mimic him and poke him jocularly in the ribs hey you get a move on and quit your shamming he starts in a fright pressing both hands against his side he shrinks at the officer's touch you faker we're next to you all right an uncomprehending sickly smile spreads over the seer face as he murmurs plaintively yes sir me seek very seek end of section fifty three recording by john brandon